there's demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside We love Days off and a summer breeze Stir fries with fresh snow peas Heretical theologies That one song by the plain white tees <laughs> But most of all we love these Horror anthologies Go <laughs> I forgot the deal. Welcome, Scaredy Crabs, back to the Tex Chris Dave Sot Massacre. Today, we're watching a horror anthology film called uh, Ghost Stories. Spooky. From 2018. Based on a play. Right, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It is. A stage play. A stage no play. <laughs> yeah. And this happened once before. <laughs> I'm sure it happened multiple times before. There was one but, time a play became a film. Yeah, a, a, a horror play. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> that was actually a book that became a musical. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, The Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe was actually a London play as well. Well, shit. Well, shit. Did you, you see and enjoy that movie? No, I, I think I that might have been one I turned off. I think I may have mm. tried that one at the top. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah. And... Yeah, <clears throat> I've talked about this actually on the podcast about the end of it mm. um, being a problem for me. Okay. Yeah. I. It, it's like, honestly, it's one of the most typical there's a ghost lady mm. movies ever. It's a period piece, which is okay. He goes out to this uh, house in a marsh or a bog or something and the tide comes in, I guess. Okay. So you can't get out of there like until certain times of the day right so he's there at nights right for finishing his accounting shit and it's so fucking typical there are moments of goodness in it but mm -hmm. it's just one of those movies that you're not really scared of anything happening to the the main character it's just like ooh, a ghost makes people do bad stuff huh i wonder if it was more exciting on stage because i have thought about this in the past mm -hmm. like can you do a good horror story on stage and have it be scary. Can you show like yeah. people or creatures lurking in the background? Is there a way to like really terrify me the same way a film does, but on stage? Yeah. I, you wonder, I wonder, I, I don't know, but like I, I can see it, how it would be very entertaining mm -hmm. like on stage, but quite as frightening uh, maybe taking a, a very entertaining storytelling experience about, you know, some Gothic ghost story. Um, turning it into a horror movie is maybe a very easy port yeah uh, i don't know if the other way like making a very very creepy stage experience fr uh, from something, from that something yeah probably wouldn't you'd have to make it intentionally with the stage in mind yeah like i think you could do cool things with i think with a really good score it could be really yeah. scary and if you have like i don't know darkened figures like not quite visible in areas of the stage like well, there's i think there's room to do something really interesting sure it sounds to me though like what it sounds like a similar setup to like what they would do in a fun house that's basically like a quick performance as you right. pass by right yeah and those things will or won't work on on people totally fine but whereas a fun house is like super low budget animatronics some usually of them, some of them are yeah, uh, some right. of them are probably more elaborate or just like haunted house at like a Halloween attraction. Oh, yeah, those yeah, are people yeah. dressed up, you know, really and good. Some of, the, some of those are like just going over the top these yeah. days, it seems. Yeah. Like you come out of there scarred yeah. by like, the knives that cut you. Like there's like <laughs> these experiences you can sign up for where they're just like you give them full. You have to sign all these crazy consent yeah. forms. You give them so much information about you. They look into your life. They hire all these actors to like infiltrate and slowly introduce the story over weeks. Like you'll just yeah. kind of meet figures and they can capture you. They can like do fake torture That's to you. you like sign off on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like and they know like because you've like given them a detailed bio on yourself they know what you're like most afraid of so they'll like they'll phony waterboard you yeah like i thought we would go to vr horror first and then get exhausted from there before we would cross over <laughs> into like people kidnapping me throwing me in a van and torturing me and like yeah actually just doing it <laughs> yeah just <laughs> it's, i want to be killed <laughs> I want to be the victim in a slashing. Oh, 
But yeah, ghost stories also apply. Also on stage. <laughs> like we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Arc skeptic Philip or Professor Philip Goodman embarks on a terror-filled quest when he stumbles across a long-lost file containing the details of three cases of inexplicable hauntings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Three inexplicable hauntings. So it sounds like this one, out of all the anthologies we've watched, this one especially leans into the wraparound, like the yeah. meta narrative that's happening. Like that's really dictating yeah, the that, smaller that's stories. Very important. Yeah. This is one skeptical doctor who right. is probably going to have his mind changed over the, the course, course of the three. seeing these three, um, seeing or, or learning about these three events mm-hmm. plus whatever whatever bookended event is happening to him totally his story right? it's not just like a tacked on thing yeah. to string them together this is integral to yeah what those stories smaller stories do yeah exactly yeah which yeah. Is, i like that a lot better i like i like that a lot yeah that, that the stories that we're seeing are affecting some other aspect you know yeah basically they're existing for a fucking reason it's not just a random yeah. Ooh, that's creepy i'm yeah i'm curious because i do there is something nice about just like a disc like i really find the vhs ones effective like that mm-hmm. just the group breaking in and just watching those random yeah tapes that they find that's also creepy but it's different like it's there you can tell a bigger story with this yeah. kind of example instead and, yeah and it seemed like in vhs too like they are telling a bigger story but like they're using it for kind of one or two big scares to create that like something totally. that's happened in these movies may also happen to them but it doesn't make a it's it's not as much of a story no it's know? not as it's not as like it's a moment substantial yeah. of a connection between the two exactly yeah 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 it's a good way to say it and we've got we've got bilbo in here wandering around oh we got old uh, cargo man cargo boy yeah the zombie cargo guy uh-huh he's here and that creepy kid from the end of the fucking world and that episode of black mirror shut up and dance have you seen that one i haven't seen it you, you haven't watched where he's i've randomly watched black mirror episodes and you didn't see the one where the kid gets blackmailed through the internet for what he's doing on the internet no so, oh, so you don't know this kid then i guess because those, those are his two at least those are two uh, things i know him from yeah i've seen i saw him in the trailer oh you watched the trailer for this one yeah like 10 minutes ago <laughs> that's what you're doing on your phone <laughs> you ready to go i need two minutes <laughs> i just need to get some background on this one i'm about to watch um yeah but he's like he's a young looking kid or whatever who also looks kind of creepy and serves genre quite yeah. well he looks like a the percy jackson type like whoever or dane dehan like that kind of yeah, yeah 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 that's that's what he looks like i just having just seen him in the trailer <laughs> um but yeah he also he looks like he's really good yeah and this one seems to be getting some decent hype mm-hmm. in terms of uh horror movies of 2018 yeah yeah and which is really cool too because um we have a big super great haunting movie in um <clears throat> hereditary yeah so like to see that the, although this one i think this one was 2017 it was another festival movie festival yeah yeah i mean so dates and imdb man i just i really want i really want imdb to switch all their dates to wide releases because it'd it, be nice it's it's not helpful it's, like when we go back and we're like oh well what what were the best movies of even 10 years ago mm-hmm. we're only going to get festival dates and that doesn't line up with any of the end of year lists the year that came out because yeah. no one watched it that year yeah it's really frustrating to see like this is when they were making it which is really helpful information to talk about it yeah but that's not necessarily we can't oh well so what played into it what movies were out yeah. you know what were in production who was doing what at the time your it's next hard. is dated 2011 like one screening happened in 2011 that movie didn't get a wide release until 2014 or oh something so it's on everyone's end of 2014 list as yeah. it is here but now if you try to go and see oh what horror movies came in 2011 you'd want to put your next on that list because imdb says 2011 oh that's so annoying it is annoying right i mean that's that's need, the, yeah call the, your congressmen <laughs> and women and get them on this yeah. we need to legislate imdb <laughs> it just I, yeah i want movies to be something that people agree on making and then snap they're made mm-hmm. there's no <laughs> production time it's just made in a moment and then it comes out wide instantly instantly so we can yeah. indiscernibly just when, or discernibly identify <laughs> when it happened when sir ian mckellen signs on mm-hmm. two days from then the movie comes out right that's how it works easy breezy for old dv and crazy <laughs> no more future confusion got it yeah settled so um the trailer mm-hmm. if anyone's interested yeah let's um, hear about it it's a really good trailer like cool. yeah it seems really creepy they repeat the same like kind of 
phrase over and over again you know ghost stories <laughs> ghost stories ghost stories oh my god <laughs> no, um it seems uh, like there's a ton of weird visual flair to it like a weird ghosty stuff that okay. although uh, stuff that i <laughs> might describe as feeling like the trailer of mother mm. just like kind of seeing wacky or not necessarily wacky, but just um, things that you can kind of tell at a distance don't make sense or won't actually happen or will be some sort of supernatural effect. Hey, Dave. Yes, sir. Watch Mother. No. You're, <laughs> you're watching so many Netflix horror movies. Mother is on there. Mother is incredible. And Killing of a Sacred Deer, incredible. Two last years, like in my top 10 list, mm-hmm. and you refuse to watch them. You're like, no. <laughs> I want to watch what Netflix has ready now. <laughs> yeah. But you, you got it, man. Like <laughs> because in on the Netflix like home screen, yeah, it's playing. When I open it up, <laughs> it's like playing the trailer. It's so, playing promotional material. I'm like yeah, yeah, you win. The laziness for horror movie watching has gone from I will only watch what's on Netflix because it's easy to access uh-huh. and I can have right home. To I will only what's watch what's on the Netflix home screen because I don't want to yeah. have to look or click an extra few buttons to I, get to some other film. I kind of want to alt just click on my Netflix tab and then hit space bar and mm. just whatever's playing is playing. <laughs> and Netflix is getting very close to doing that. Like every sequel I want to see is just going to be playing when i turn on my computer that's what i'm looking for man this gotcha this guy thing that i was showing you earlier mm-hmm. you can go to tv shows and just hit random and it'll just start playing episode one of a tv sh- of any random tv show just to see if you like that's it that's so like awesome the most random one yeah it sounds like exactly what you're asking for chris has got a crazy little you know uh, entertainment genius on the Eenie J. <laughs> you can just watch everything and anything that exists uh this brings us to a segment we like to call so this week for scare and tell i watched a movie that came out on netflix was it on the home screen better believe it hell yeah it was it's called extinction yeah i don't think i've heard much about this one other than just that the title came out i get a nice little email from netflix saying hey watch me i I get a tremendous amount of those we found a movie you might like based on a tremendous amount of information (laughs) dave we're concerned you're watching everything we put (laughs) up like and you still haven't watched mother Yeah, we had a bet around the office that if we made this Extinction movie, you'd watch it. And lo and behold. <laughs> How was it? Um, oh, that's a good question. So Lizzie Chaplin and Michael Pena are the main couple. Oh, nice. Yeah. it's So it's got some um, name recognition. And um, much like last week's movie, this is a little less of a straight up horror film Mm -hmm. although definitely it definitely has horror as a component of both the build and the execution of the final act um so this one i don't think it's the top tier it's not a very good movie overall the performances are not stellar the dialogue writing is questionable to bad um but later on in the movie there's sort of a justification for this sort of detached um, feeling in the dialogue that I had, but the concept is that this, um, father in this, you know, sort of perfect little family unit, and he's got his wife and two really cute daughters and, um, he starts, or I guess has been having, um, nightmares where he sees this, this huge future, like alien attack, like these lights come out of the sky and just start blowing the shit out of apartment buildings and killing anyone they can. Um, just like bullets start flying and going through people. It's horrific, but he's seeing these things out of order. And then, so it it comes like everyone around him is trying to get him to, to go get help for seeing these things. But then he goes into a wellness center to like, you know, get, get some help for what's happening to him. And there's another guy who's having the exact same experience as Uh. him. And he's like, but I just can't take it anymore. These people, all they're going to do is wipe your memory, but. I just need this to stop. And then so uh, Michael Payne is like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. And he leaves. Um, and he, he's getting the impression that like, I feel like these are visions of something that's going to happen. And then lo and behold, lights come out of the sky one night and it begins this, like there are these robot sort looking things that are going like floor to floor scanning, um, like horizontally across all of the, like the windows of the apartments. And then if they see any humans, they just like open fire. Holy shit. And then also these like weird looking humanoid soldiers in these crazy looking like space suits start like going floor to floor and just eliminating every single person. Man is the fact that 
people are having visions about them before they arrive is that kind of wrapped up and addressed yes okay yeah they tell a story and they tell a story like i don't know if it's good or not like <laughs> i i, I almost that's what, that's what three stars are for <laughs> i think it's a three or lower mm. um but like the story that they told like really got me like to the point where i was like well what do you know <laughs> those, I guess. those are great actors both yeah. michael pena even though he's a scientologist yeah. he's a fantastic actor and yeah. lizzie kaplan great actor she's probably the best performer in the movie cool the kids are good um but like it turns into a different movie it it is a high sci-fi mm. it's not and it it's not what you expect it's kind of weird i don't know if i should spoil it or not um yeah maybe leave it on because i'm leave very curious to see what they do in terms of effects like that yeah, okay very so so let me i i can address that at the very least um the suit the alien suit things that they have like mm-hmm. the, the effects that they put on um i guess the actors who are doing it are really really good the cgi that they use a lot as well is really really bad Mm. so there's like they've got some good physical props but like when they need to for actually for some reveals they use cgi and it's bad it's it's bad Mm. (laughs) not just like kind of it's really annoyingly not good yeah but i mean the rest of the movie the way everything that's physical like all the sets are like just a little bit futuristic like Mm -hmm. the apartments that they live in and like the way that things plug into the walls and stuff they're a little bit different one of those like 10 years into the future it's it's so strange the timeline because it feels like it's basically the present Mm -hmm. but things are slightly different Mm. it's it's very interesting and then when you find out what's actually happened i don't know i think it's kind of good i think the story at the very least is one of the better sci-fi stories that it happened huh. like as a filmmaking experience cloverfield paradox looked way better as a storytelling experience extinction was like whoa okay that's an interesting little tale i imagine cloverfield had a lot more money behind mm-hmm. it yeah because i wasn't like this one extinction is this a netflix original uh, again it's a i think it's a festival movie that got picked up oh. by netflix but there's a trillion festivals that go on yeah. everywhere in the world that people are making movies so mm-hmm. i don't know to apply like it's not a cans it's not a it's not a tiff it's not a huge festival but it might be a fantasia or who know? yeah i don't know yeah. um but that's where netflix is i guess got people, they're out there people picking up talent by the way if you're netflix or any other studio and you need people to just go to these festivals and pick movies to bring to your platform mm. we are quite good at watching movies uh yeah we've been doing it for 101 times we'll fly coach we don't need <laughs> nice seats like we'll go and we'll find you the right movies for your platform text chris dave saw acquisitions yeah it needs yeah. to be both of us <laughs> <laughs> yeah great okay well, that's interesting yeah so i mean they've been just pounding out these original genre films so regularly like every two weeks it seems is another one yeah i can't watch any good (laughs) classics because there's constantly a new like brand fucking new but also if you've worked a long day you don't really want to have to chew on mother or killing of the secret day you kind of just want like some popcorny entertainment you want to relax yeah so you've been working really hard lately and i imagine that that's also why it's more appealing to just throw on. Let's see what you came up with this week, Netflix. Yeah. And I just, it's fun. It's, it's really fun that Netflix is so fresh, not just with like, I feel like a couple years ago, I really loved Netflix because every now and then they'd throw on something that I already loved. Mm-hmm. You know, that was what was so exciting. Like all those movies from your back catalog that you love, Netflix is slowly acquiring them and TV shows that they don't have now or they don't have in Canada now. They're slowly building up things that I already know about. Yeah. And then the past like year or so, it's been all about brand new Netflix shit that I've never heard about, you know, that just comes out out of nowhere. And now they're big movies rather than just shows that make no sense or stand up that I've never heard of. I know. And just because there's so many of them, like you don't, they don't even get press because there's only limited press. There's yeah. only limited hype that can exist. So you can't yeah. hype or discuss or tell you updates about, oh, by the way, Lizzie Kaplan is doing a cool sci-fi movie. Yeah. So you have no idea about they, it even yeah. existing until it's just on your TV. Yeah. Uh, imagine we didn't catch Cargo like yeah. five years from now. Like if you say, what's a good zombie movie? Nobody's going to say the little Martin Freeman movie that appeared on Netflix out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. There was no buildup, no precedent for loving it. Yeah. And, and, and that it, I think will really affect its longevity. I, yeah, I think so. But then also watching it, like if it did have big promotional buildup, like it would probably last in people's memories because it's a good movie. Totally. Right. And that shows how much like marketing impacts kind of our, our perception of the history of film yeah. and what we take to be classics and 
Yeah. Crazy. But like that's some people got the ritual that way, right? Like the ritual is a stunningly good movie. Oh, totally. Like, can you imagine? Like, yeah. So some people who yeah. are just turning on their TV and randomly, oh, fine, ritual. Let's see what this is. And then get that sucker punch. That's my, that's kind of why I keep doing it is yeah. like, there's a, a lot of tickets. It's going to be yeah. another ritual at some point. Yeah. It's like scratch tickets. I can't, I just buy totally. a bunch and every now and then they really pay off. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, honestly Netflix please don't hire us because you're doing a good enough job <laughs> that I think I would just come in and ruin it Dave but like, we could get fucking paid to go see movies what are you doing but I want them to be as good as they are currently I really liked it <laughs> you're so, seeing I mean, three stars so we're only getting one ritual every but sci-fi I watch all sci-fi yeah. movies uh, <laughs> and I mean ritual wasn't a cheap acquisition it was one of the most expensive right. purchases last year mm-hmm. of a movie studio of a TIFF film like the biggest one I think was five million, and then this one was four point five or something. Sure, like and which, but that's a sensible purchase, right? Absolutely, it is. But like, it's just crazy to think about that. Out of all the Oscar Beatty high profile yeah. movies at the festival, it's fucking the Ritual that gets the second highest purchase price. I love it. Yeah, I love the time that we're living. It's in. the best. So that's kind of my thought going into these movies. Is I could, I will continue to do so. There's one called Tao. I haven't watched yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm and all gonna. these, I'm like, I see the titles. So they kind of they glaze by. So I'm so happy that you're you are particularly inclined to check them out mm-hmm. and you know what though there's so many that i don't there's a so many of them like there okay. is a tiny little bit of like playing the like okay so you did get a big actor for it mm-hmm. what's your concept like no no that one's not gonna do it for me all right extinction netflix it was really really good story and i think it's worth checking out so that's why i didn't ruin the ending nice thank um, you yeah i think i think you maybe should check it out and suffer through it I will. I'll, it'll be one of those. It's midnight. I'm not sleepy. Let's cool. throw something on and yeah. maybe play a game on my phone yeah. half-heartedly. Just try to get to that halfway point where it turns. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And nice and tight. Yes. Yeah. Hour 35. I think. Beauty. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. And like Netflix, if you're going to do an original genre film that we've never heard of, don't make it be like a three-hour epic. No. I'm not going to sit through that. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, I'll give an hour. And yeah, that's what the ritual was, right? Hour 40. Uh, sounds right or 36 or something yeah sounds i think right. so beautiful that's perfect great <laughs> <laughs> was that not listening great uh, close what, no what was I, the... I, I was like i had half like momentum but i didn't have anything to say i see so yeah. the energy went up yeah. and then just deflated exactly <laughs> it had nowhere to go but it's, yeah, it's like yeah it's yeah good one <sighs> did enjoy it yeah what do you do when you ramp up the physical yeah. stakes like that and then drop it okay so for my scare and tell this week i saw a movie that is now, I think, entered my top five favorite movies. No I way. just had one of those rare experiences where you sit down and watch a film and it just kind of explodes your brain. And I can't believe that I haven't gotten around oh. to seeing this film earlier. It's Eraserhead by David Lynch. Okay, uh, it's Eraserhead. Uh, Eraserhead. <laughs> and I've been going through like all of Lynch's films because they yeah. played Lost Highway at the Royal. So I thought, why not just go full-blown Lynch and just dive in and watch uh-huh. all these movies that I've never gotten around. And it is a chore. It's rewarding, but it is work <laughs> for some of these films. Um, and Racerhead was kind of on the lower profile of the ones that I was excited to check out. Yeah. It's from 70, 77 or something like that. It's from, it's from the seventies. It's his first film. It was done like for no money, but over a long period of years. And he just worked so meticulously on it. And it shows in every frame. Like the film mm. is just, so gorgeous and beautiful looking the whole way through it's black and white but it looks incredible the contrasts the shadows the figures so just first of all it looks incredible there's practical effects that are some of the best practical effects i've ever seen in film damn like some body horror stuff that is just like mind-blowingly good but this is really like it's hard to call it a horror movie like there is some Hmm. intense gore and awesome practical effects that happen yeah and that's why i think it does get to be something slash horror it should get that title okay but really it almost reminds me of the feelings that i got watching charlie kaufman movies when i was a teenager of just like you have like a central male protagonist and just living in isolation and all these things are kind of happening to him and it's just a super kind of melancholy vibe throughout the whole thing it's just like a very it exists in like a very weird industrial world like Uh. it's a very surrealistic kind of movie with this amazing incredible actor as the lead role and things are just kind of happening to him and thrown at him and he's thrown into parenthood out of nowhere but it's like this weird alien baby thing and the whole movie is him dealing with having to kind of raise and take care of this little alien baby and just the feelings that that is evoking in him and what it's doing to the people in his immediate surroundings 
but it's just really like an insanely evocative film. Like you just, it's just one of those movies that just makes you feel so much and visually just looks incredible. It's a feast for the eyes. Like every scene you watch is incredible. And I just, yeah, yeah, that was not high up on the Lynch list for me. No, not at all. And it's just, it's just like infected me, the feeling that that movie gave. And it's just now a part of me. And I'm so happy to have like, that effect from a movie you know it's rare to have that kind of experience something that immediately jumps into like the top contenders holy shit dude hell yeah dude yeah it was it was it was an incredible experience and i'm so thrilled that that can still happen that we can still find yeah movies that really impact us like that totally dude that's that's sort of why this is the best podcast in the world totally dude because we get to kind of do that frequently yeah we get we have it scheduled now to force expose ourselves to so many other movies that we may not have gone back and watched ourselves yeah all different genres all different types of movies Mm -hmm. like you know last week we did uh a classic slasher next week you mean next week we did a classic (laughs) slasher. (laughs) this episode 99 uh next week we did a slasher (laughs) spoilers and this week we'll do a anthology we sure will we sure will <laughs> but yeah yeah cut all that i can't wait to i've got just a little bit more a few more david lynch titles and then i'm going to do a nice little rank of what i think of all of them and none of them are like straight up horror movies they all no, have no. they all like have dashes of horror aesthetics mm-hmm. or not they all do but a few have dashes of horror aesthetics which is why it'll some parts will be enjoyable to horror fans but he i don't think he's done a straightforward horror movie ever which is why mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't think that eraserhead would be good for the podcast but there definitely would be some things to talk about i don't know yeah i'm uh, on the fence it's yeah that's that's tough some, let yeah. me look into it and i will if uh if not just because i mean if it's that good you know it is but it's not like like maybe it's the kind of movie you watch well, like at night but to me it seems like the kind of like put it on at 10 a.m with a coffee and just really like sit with it you huh. know what i mean do you think do you think it had any sort of like i'm sure it must have but like had inspired things that happen in the horror genre like later movies or, se- or oh i think absolutely i think someone like stuff. cronenberg or grandma de toro like would have seen this and like what he did with practical effects is incredible yeah. and gooey and weird and then i uh, totally think it had an impact well then i think it it fits yeah. on this podcast and i think we could absolutely do it cool cool yeah. as king of the podcast i declare <laughs> as queen of the podcast <laughs> i say listen to my husband <laughs> i don't know what's happening we're married now security cat. <laughs> king and queen ah yeah all right well that brings us to a segment we call this dave and christery this dave and christery this we dave watched. and christery what did we watch we watched guess uh man i don't even know what we watched we go on oh hell yeah yeah we did which that was, that was the one i brought and as we're approaching 100 we're reflecting on cool things that have happened mm-hmm. the lead actor from this movie listened to our podcast and yeah. reached out yeah that was another one that we really it's just so lovely really cool i and that one that's definitely probably it's got to be one of the most low budget movies that we've watched gotta be maybe the lowest yeah well i wonder because There's, even when we think of like horror like paranormal activity or something which right. is like Ten thousand or something like that. Is it that cheap? It's it's something insanely cheap. Yeah, uh, ten thousand might be way too cheap, but it was it was a cheap one. Yeah, it's it's incredibly inexpensive. But regardless, it it was on the clear watching it low budget scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that movie. Like, yeah, that was the that was the Miles and uh, Teller Nelson Miles and Miles Nelson. and Nelson buddy cop friends forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love that. And that was a weird, really sad movie. It had that like he was looking for proof of the afterlife at the top of it. Yeah. So like we had the, he had $30,000 and we watched this little tale of him going to different potential leads. Do you remember that, like that high school scene where they yeah. had the state that you realize was staged out there, but yeah. in the moment it's terrifying. Yeah. That's, and I clicked like a little bit through the movie. I'm like, is this good enough for us to watch? And I, I saw remember, that scene. I remember you saying this. Yeah. yeah. The kid climbs into the locker. Yeah. Like terrifying, but then it was all staged and I was like, Oh shit, that sucks. But then there, is a real ghost he finds in this weird like abandoned little town near an airport yeah that locks onto his soul or whatever and it's uh, tethered to him yeah yeah Yeah. and then you find out miles or nelson was a bad like boyfriend so she tries to kill the guy who he's tethered to like Mm -hmm. great and then oh i i really did like that movie i think that was a great little story that you know uh, the actor was really involved in it too yeah 
that was fun. That was a really fun little horror movie. I think that's the type of stuff that, you know, less for now when Netflix is just delivering a string of home runs. Yeah. Well, Uh, and I think shutter ended up buying that one, right? Wasn't that become, I thought, I I thought it was a shutter movie. Like they paid for it. Now it's on their service permanently. I wasn't sure about that. That's great. Yeah. And like I did, I did like it too. Uh, but I'm curious to see what that director does next. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what else is in store. And yeah. I think they have one coming out like very soon. It might even be like a Midnight Madness one this year. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, don't tease me with that. Yeah. That could be fun. It could be real cool. I'm gonna look into that shit right away. Especially if um, what's his face accident again. That'd uh, be Channing awesome. Channing Tatum. What do we call him? Uh, Channing Tatum's brother. Channing Tatum's brother. Yeah, yeah. And he liked that. He he commented <laughs> yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, laughed about it. He did. Yeah. Which is great. Um. So what I remember most from that is. Yeah, I suppose that the little the kid in the locker, the yeah. in the locker, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and even just the setup was so so promising. Like of yeah. just going so far out of his way to try to figure out, yeah, you know, reviewing all the different cases, putting up the notice in the paper, hearing back from everyone, eliminating yeah. it down to like three. He's this big, sort of approachable looking guy. He's really big. That's yeah. what I remember. He just had a large frame, and he was so anxious and nervous. You know, he's a really lovable character. Like. Uh, I enjoyed that about that guy watching him go through the movie and sit on the bus and Mm -hmm. you know, like, Oh yeah. The bus scene. Yeah. And he was kind of twitching out. Right. He started freaking out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, There's some good stuff there for sure. Great. Awesome. That's a fun. That's a good way to spend the small amount of money you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we should put on ghost stories. I think it's about time. Chris to have drink and watch film. Cheers. Cheers. I feel like that's a movie that I would have been obsessed with when I was 14. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fucking just like, Oh my God, they're just employees at the (laughs) hospital. He's manifesting all this stuff, but what actually is happening? There's there's a little doll. It looks like the little girl from the first day. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of moments too. that really feel like, um, just like cliche jump scares almost like the way that it's set up. Yeah. Paint by numbers. 90% of them. Yeah. The volume will come down and then boom, something will, yeah throw in your face yeah yeah that was just a a really well-made um example of how to do a good jump scare mm-hmm. you know because they would build up to every single one of them there was you know a ton of just building up where we got a slow panning camera around a, an a stalled out car yeah you know we got a slow panning camera around this corner we got a slow panning camera down the biggest house that was ever made mm-hmm. <laughs> what a house Jeez, that was insane. The, we're talking about Martin Freeman's house. We're talking about Martin Freeman's house in that segment. <laughs> yeah, and wow, just insane. that thing is just gorgeous. It looked like a like a hotel. Yeah, it, it didn't look absolutely some like, of the hallways up there. Yeah, yeah, a big curved green hallway. What the hell is that? Nobody lives in that. No one lives there. Eight bar stools for just you and your wife. Yeah, <laughs> and your <laughs> that's got to be so lonely. And the baby you're planning to have. Yeah, this baby take up like six seats. Yeah, well, the baby is a monster, right? <laughs> Yeah, it is. So yeah, it is. Maybe it does. <laughs> um, so usually we rank what we think our favorite segments are, but this is a little. It's a little less of a, a typical anthology. It, it doesn't feel appropriate to I, really I, separate them from the larger narrative. Yeah, zooming out, it's almost. It's barely an anthology. It doesn't even feel right to call it that. Almost. Yeah, it's three flashbacks in a, one very, very well explained and well told story. Yeah, because each of those segments mm-hmm. are just the main guy going in and finding yeah. out from them what's happened and yeah. then brings it back into the larger story. And it, and it fits now that it's over. It makes more sense to me. But I, I was locked and loaded with a complaint right off the bat, which was when um, we're basically seeing a, re- a, a, a story event happen in front of us, but it's not through video of some kind. It's not through them reading a storybook and the events are one for one. It's literally somebody's memory of what happened. Yeah. It makes more sense in the grander scheme of what was going on that he was creating it in his head. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back into it, like when you see somebody having a memory or basically telling you about something that they remember and then they walk out of frame and something creepy happens, that's not in your memory. 
that's not part of your memory. No, your perception, if yeah. he's technically listening to these stories, why is he being surprised by elements of the stories that are being told to him <laughs> by that character? Yes, and why would, <laughs> again, why would there be, in his memory, yeah. why would he just be at the very end of this big room and then walk out of sight and then mm-hmm. you see some other foot or movement or something? He wasn't present for that. That's not part of his memory. That's fundamentally flawed and my brain catches it as you watch. Totally, and that sentiment kind of expresses how I felt for a lot of this movie is that I was kind of registering these complaints as we were going yeah. and then it would kind of take the movie in a different direction and, and then I would go, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I guess so. Right. <laughs> like, so the, the plot, especially for the last third felt super meandering, mm. but it is all kind of retroactively justifiable. So you're like, yes. Oh, okay. I guess, but it's not in a way that's like, Oh my God, that yeah, was exactly shocking. It's, it's not some big reveal at the end. We're like, Oh my God, that's what it is. Yeah. That makes sense of everything. It's more like, Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that makes it, I think, as a whole, somewhat underwhelming. But on a micro level, there uh-huh. are certain kind of scenes and sequences that did, I think, get to yeah, us. There's a lot of moments. Is. Like yeah. That movie puts together as a really good trailer. You know, that's what I learned. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet a lot yeah. of the sequences will look great in just little you, you short should, spurts. You should look at the trailer because it makes the movie look a lot different. You know that that scene where it gets really cold all mm-hmm. of a sudden and then the flowers the temperature drops, the yeah, flowers wilt, the temperatures yeah. drop, and the flowers like wilt and fall off. Mm-hmm. In the trailer, it looks like at a distance, it looks like they just melt. You know, mm-hmm. so it looks like there's a scene where there's a pot of flowers and then there's just the flowers melt off of them, and that's weird and creepy. And so, like watching that, I'm like, this movie is going to have like dream-like logic that makes very little yeah, sense. Yeah, you said after you watch the trailer, there's yeah. like arty elements, but... Yeah, exactly. But I mean, now I can see that that's just cherry-picked, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But I mean, that's... It's a good trailer. Trailer failures. That's... <laughs> that's cla- yeah, exactly. Well, the trailer's better than the, you know... Yeah. The work that it's based on. I... One thing... One scene that I thought was so, so good, but it ultimately didn't punch as hard as I wanted it to, was the scene where he's in the car. Because they mm. start... They start that scene with the shot from the goat demons perspective is that a goat demon thing that we're yeah, seeing it just runs i, I guess <laughs> we're seeing we're seeing the thing charge towards the car and right before it makes impact we get goat pov <laughs> yeah, goat pov <laughs> and right before it makes impact we cut back five minutes or whatever and to him just being in the car so that whole time as he's kind of freaked out talking on the phone you're just waiting for this thing for to the charge impact. the car yeah. for the impact yeah and so that uh, that tension i thought was amazing it was, was really like nail bitey because uh-huh. i wasn't as cliche as some of the other jump scenes that was just really good genuine tension yes i agree and then like it was just kind of like a light thud i'm not complaining about the volume too much but it just was a lot of build up for not that great of an explosion at the end yeah and the fact that there's no we don't get justification for a goat creature we don't know what anything here wanted we don't know why at the end of that little engagement a big tree golem grabbed him right <laughs> like it that doesn't make a ton of sense like it, yeah i I don't know what to believe here i don't know if like as he goes through all of these things are like we seeing because he's next to a fallen tree that has the same sort of outline as something that's just crouched over something you know Mm -hmm. what i you know what i mean yeah it it, it was a really good looking parallel for like the horror thing that happened totally and then a fallen over tree that they could just film that they didn't have to make or build or anything yeah it doesn't move it doesn't do anything but it gets that point across Mm -hmm. and i don't know if we're supposed to how we're supposed to take that because like the sort of only legend that we get throughout this movie is you know um the brain sees what it wants to see so like what were this was all just made up yeah right so i I guess we could like i think you're totally right that the brain sees what it wants to see is like a central thing that they really want to hammer home yeah and maybe for him this professor who has attempted suicide and now is hallucinating this whole thing Uh manifested mostly by his guilt over leaving that kid Mm -hmm. for death for, for dead underneath the bridge in that tunnel or whatever yeah that he's maybe just compiling i mean we know that he spent his entire adult life just investigating cases like these and exposing them to be false like the professor that he idolizes yeah so maybe like all these little stories and the elements within the story are just like a pastiche of all the different things he's experienced and his all the different cases he's worked on and it's just his brain is resorting them in a creative way yeah, and it seems like, but and then so that's just basically like two of the same explanation in kind of different places, mm-hmm. right? Because that's also what he's doing for, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's <sighs> just it, at the end of all the movies when like it was a dream the whole time. Like, I, I know it's a real bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's just what do you fucking say? It, like nothing. I, that's why like fourteen year old me would 
totally be there for it yeah. awesome crazy <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then just the fact that you get a little hint rather than you get like because you, you can tell that better you can tell somebody dreaming something that has like real world hints that turn into creepy things yeah. like that are represented in the dream world mm-hmm. you can make better parallels you know but the fact that they were just in the same room as him and i guess what they're talking about there is what they brought locked in syndrome where they're not sure if you can see him or not yeah that, I mean, that was a theme that kept coming up in like a few yeah so yeah. theoretically he's imagining talking to somebody whose wife has locked in syndrome while he's locked totally. in right totally interesting good i guess i don't want i don't want to totally like condemn the movie because of that no because, but like we're just we want we want we like scary things and we like scary looking scenes, mm-hmm. but we want them to have a kind of substance that can back them up and justify them. Yeah. So like when he's in there and the lights keep turning off and he sees that girl at the end of the hallway and yeah. then chases her down, like awesome, creepy build so up. So good. The flashlight panning across the thing, but then to have all of this just amount to just nothing. Like literally yeah. it was just cool aesthetic scenes that he's manifesting. That's it's, it. That's exactly it. He's basically like just the creepiest version of that because in, in the way to look at that without a horror perspective is like he would be taking in what's going on in the room and then just thinking about it right mm-hmm. but this is basically the most stylized scary version of you know little things seeping into his waking mind exactly like it's it's just a gimmick for the audience and i don't know it's not justified in the storytelling yeah it's 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 really too bad and i mean you do have some awesome actors like when you, yeah. i'm genuinely freaked out when he's in his bedroom and you don't know what's happening yeah. especially when he goes up to his bedroom and you see the parents in the kitchen that's i was gonna say that that's gonna be my rank as my favorite part of the movie because and and it's it's just it's just simply a cool visual thing Mm because we're not given anything else about it yeah right yeah he says like who's home no one what a build up like what just i want to stay in that home for this whole movie yeah like what's happening there you got the parents downstairs they're apparently coming up and knocking at one point and he's got the door locked to shit He's we, like, no one's there, shuts it or instantly, and then you hear a knock. Yeah. Like, all all those elements are amazing and creepy, and they amounted just to nothing. Yeah. The guy walks up the stairs and sees somebody on in, like, the attic or whatever, the top, top floor. Yeah. And then the kid's right behind him. He's like, come on, who is that up there? Yeah. No one. No one's here. No one's here. there. Yeah. So good. And even in the photo, when you didn't really know what was going on, and he, he sees, you know, his, that childhood scene. Yeah. And he, he rubs it down and then sees his one the guy that he left for dead covered in dust. Yeah. All those things are really good kind of in creepy and it somewhat fits, but just not anywhere near as effectively as you want them to. Uh, totally. And I mean, as far as like the filmmaking goes, it looked really good. The mm-hmm. camera movement to like make it very tense, the lighting um, contrast that they chose, like it looked great. It went down so smooth visually. Yeah. And like you said, like the jump scares, some of them are just like the quick reveals, like as there's the dead version of him in, in the car, but as he opens the door the frame of the door yeah, the window smooth, like makes yeah. it go away it's beautiful it looks really really good but then you know it's just like a bunch of like examples of look how good we can make this look mm-hmm. not look this is justified creepy from all perspectives yeah it's more like the writers of the movie and it's crazy to think that's based on play we'll have to get to that but it, it just feels more as a movie like we have a bunch of cool creepy scenes yeah and this is how we can patch them all together in one strange meta narrative that isn't fully satisfying yeah even the ending like oh he so he tried to commit suicide he's in this like he's having all these crazy fever dreams and then like we end on a shot of oh that window that we kept cutting to that's just what he's been looking at this whole time that's what he's been able to, to signify just in case we didn't spoon feed it heavily enough nothing happened nothing actually happened <laughs> this was all in his head and like so that was so spoon feedy and then when martin freeman is telling him on the train tracks like he just explains the entire movie he's like oh you clearly just feel guilt about that friend yeah. that you left for dead yeah. and this is why it has dictated your entire life choices not because you're a good person exactly. but he's trying to make up like you can make a tv show to try to like disprove everything that you can't prove with beyond a shadow yeah. of a doubt because you need that stability in your life because you've gone through this like, trauma i hope i hope that's a producer note because that fucking sucks it's like it no does. let let the audience do some of the work let us be somewhat of an active participant in this movie totally agreed that last like scene on the train tracks like Mm -hmm. uh, martin freeman should have like sort of been like antagonistic about like there's nothing i could have done he's like could have done this could have done this could have done this and then all of a sudden it should have been the the guy in the coat absolutely right there we go and then we don't have any of that that, like fine because here's why it weighs on you emotionally Yeah. yeah no totally to to see to yeah i have that dropout where they were so, so successful in so much of the earlier part of the movie they were so successful at um 
putting together these scenes you didn't understand that would cut off, you know, like um, two characters would be talking like either over the radio or whatever. And then something else would happen that would cause them to wander away and stuff like that. Yeah. Like instead at the end, instead of following that consistency of delivery, we go to here's some just exposition. It's just pure exposition. Let's just explain everything. Yeah. Cause I think it was convoluted. Yeah. And you're, you're right. It was a little convoluted, but you explained it way too way too simply yeah it's um so i mean i don't know like i really liked watching a lot of it but then when you get that reveal it does like take the wind out of my sails for sure for like discussing it with enthusiasm but in terms of like the quality of the thing overall i don't want to be like the last few seconds of the story you know because people have that criticism about hereditary you know i i don't think they hate the whole movie because of the ending exactly and Mm. i don't think that that's the way that i take in most movies because i did enjoy it most of the way through and like you said there were some really well put together sequences that generally resulted in a jump scare but that was that's okay mostly phone mostly like phoned in but sometimes exciting some were good i i thought it was like i thought the sequence in the car like while yeah that impact and like what happened after that was a little bit of a letdown it was also still probably one of the scarier sequences in the movie yeah as the a door whole, opens that was probably my favorite scene like just that whole thing start to finish followed <laughs> by maybe in the in the garage or wherever that guy was working and pinning like, the yeah. flashlight around but i mean it was just so hilarious to have the goat thing say stay yeah fuck that <laughs> books fuck it up. That. yeah that was, that was maybe our the biggest f- laugh yeah, yeah that was the funniest part of the movie stay yeah. I mean, I'm so curious about this source material because how you would do this on stage. I, well, I think a, there's no fear involved. This has got to be a, like a bit of a funnier experience. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that I would have, I imagine a little differently. I think there would be some fear, but I think it would mostly be conversational. <laughs> like it would be each of these characters telling the story to him in like a different zone of the stage or whatever. So it'd be a lot of like two person acting in kind of three chunks and then ending back with yeah down at the end i i see the the way that the story was told being very very similar mm-hmm. totally but it would be more about what the person was going through you know what the i don't i don't know exactly yeah. how i see it but i can see it on the stage i can see it just be i, I don't see it as being scary yeah because the, the most interesting parts of it wasn't the narrative it was the visuals like yeah, seeing totally. some of those things so to see it on stage i mean it probably it, i imagine it's somewhat different the way that they yeah. would structure it but I, i'm curious yeah, and um, remember the Martin Freeman's scenes in, I guess, that nursery before he goes upstairs in the house? Mm-hmm. Like, where first it goes like... Oh, dude, and that was uh, lovely. Like, Especially when the thing just assembled itself and st- yeah. stacked up. That was it, a great little moment. Exactly. That whole sequence in there, I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, we got... And that, like, shot of him, like, slowly moving towards the crib, and then the he's right up in the foreground of the shot. So he's in focus and then the crib and the sheet as it comes up as like the weird little ghostly kid figure yeah. is like distorted and like blurry. You can't see it, yeah, but it's, it's not like reaching around smart move because yeah. sometimes when you have too much focus on something like that, it would seem a little silly mm. and to blur it is a nice little cheat to make it yeah. more effective. It's and what it, Flanagan does in, um, origin of evil. Yeah. Downstairs. Have the, yeah, yeah. 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 With the weird, horrible smile and absolutely glitching out face. But the sheet being, Maybe just made me excited that we're going to be seeing paranormal activity three soon because <laughs> that's the ultimate i think sheet sheet scene is it the ultimate sheet scene? or the oh yeah it's a good question overall i mean michael myers is iconic of course in halloween uh-huh. with the sheet that's yep. a huge sheet scene but that's a physical person under a sheet if we're talking about just a ghost under a sheet yeah i think you're right because that's the, the that's the rotating oscillating, oscillating yeah. camera and then the ghost walks and you think it's the kid and then yeah. it drops well it's because it can't out of frame and then when we go back into frame all of a sudden there's the sheet just standing there and it just collapses yeah oh god yeah can't wait can't wait Whew. that's a better ghost story yes but <laughs> overall i don't hate this one i'm i don't think i'll ever watch it again totally as long as i live but it I, did not meet expectations no but but i i think um should know who the director is it's uh, the two guys who made the play and they're right. they're mostly TV writers, apparently. Like they do a lot of writing for British television. Well, then I think great job, and I can't wait yeah. for what they do next. I I think that was like brilliantly directed and shot. Didn't like the ending, hmm. right? I I can't complain too strongly about any of the specific like uh, components of the movie that aren't the storytelling alone. Yeah, what disappoints me is that they're also the writers, and I think hmm. I'd I'd like to think that 
maybe because it was originally a play and then they adapted it to film I, that only it only somewhat worked translating those mediums yeah and that if they just wrote an original horror movie you know being the visual thinkers that they yeah. are clearly yeah i think that that, that yeah that, i'd be more excited to see what they do just writing straight for film as opposed I, to adapting i agree a stage play and if there's if the play is very very similar to this i think that's not a bad ending for a play mm-hmm. you know i think that's that can be a satisfying thing to see i don't know you're a lot more connected to a an actor on stage it's true mm. so i don't know i think Feel a little I, something more for that guy in the hospital bed <laughs> i did like the skin peeling off effect love a good face peel mm, that was great and, and like whenever they kept ripping scenes open to go to another scene that's kind of fun that was awesome when like when martin freeman like just did fully do the what i might equivalent like call the funny games like this yeah. is it, i don't know the what you're looking at is not a physical set like nothing's real you can't trust anything anymore right and uh, he sticks his finger through the background <laughs> and just slices down pulls it away and there's just a black wall and door and then after the guy says to um the guy that he killed not again don't do it again no <laughs> he tears down another wall yeah. and they're just yeah entering the hospital and that was great too because he like he reached over towards him and then like mm-hmm. ripped off his like clothes and he was in the little hospital gown totally oh he's just terrified of that that's great like i was so excited at the top because i think that the setup is incredible the idea of a guy who has spent his entire life um as a skeptic just really debunking people who do give false hope to people yeah and then for him and the person who he's always idolized as his mentor for his mentor to reach out who is like inspired him and is way more you know he coined terms about yeah, yeah skepticism and and the need for believing in the paranormal for that authority figure to go to him and be like you need to prove these cases wrong because i'm yeah. losing my mind these are the three that, that have stumped me yeah like what a what a huge enticing carrot to dangle in front of us at the beginning yeah. of the movie like i was ready i was ready for whatever this was going to be yeah absolutely he's like i can't handle this anymore this is too much yeah. that's like holy shit that's... what could it possibly be and then all the characters having some sort of version of that you know or all the people who he's interviewing like yeah. not wanting to talk about it getting really upset when he asks certain questions yeah, yeah. you know it, it was such an effective build-up and then like they were real judicious too. Like they didn't show too many of those like crazy jump scares. Mm. They worked for them. And when they had earned them, they threw them at you with really good timing. There's lots of like just creepy movement, you know, like, um, in that one of the, um, early shots in the first one where he goes into that room and it's all just, um, mannequins along the wall. And then the one thing that's covered and then you see like it shift and he pulls it up and it's just the, yeah, just another one of them. Like, that was great there's so much of that so much of that like where it is a jump scare but it's also a fake out so you kind of let them go mm-hmm. for it it's like hi oh, got me like it, it's kind of cool i love it i just wanted a way more literal ending with where they all went like i wanted those yeah. to be actual stories actual people they interviewed that were actually being haunted yeah. and some kind of common thread between all three that was connecting that he would have to face with and ultimately. they did all the work for that they did yeah and then kind of like, like the um dark song in that sense like yeah. setting up a lot of things and then the oh psych all a dream yeah it's almost like all right guys what's a pretty typical ending it's like it's all a dream it's like okay okay so what's the most convoluted way to get there (laughs) yeah it's like make a really good story with that justifies itself so just like we're legislating (laughs) since we're now politicians since we're legislating against the idea of putting the festival dates in imdb Uh let's also let's just make that an omnibus bill and let's just also (laughs) throw in no more it's all a dream endings yeah Um, we're done with them we'll take appeals if you want to make a case sure we'll listen to it but the rule of thumb is no it's all a dream ending yes and it it, if the fact that it's all a dream turns out to be all a dream yeah you're back in the in the good books that's fine is there can you think of a good it's all a dream ending is there a movie where that there has to be one that is good? I think so. Mm, right, right off the top of my head, Scary uh, the Cats. Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the same Matrix I did? <laughs> um, Scary Cats. If you can think of a good horror movie that it was all a dream in the end and it actually works, and you're like, oh, nice, great, dream ending. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, I, I can't. Not convinced think of one. at this point. Well, well, there's probably people out there who like that. You know, that's probably like people like this movie. Like, yeah. I've seen people praise it i yeah and i've seen nothing but praise for it too like this is one of the good ones and i think that i do i'm so like conflicted Mm. on this one because everything that they did so well was one big fucking fake out yeah you know and uh, it's it's annoying i'm more annoyed about this ending than i am dark song with no doubt at all 
this is so much worse for me oh yeah yeah just because you love the the way it all set up so much more uh yeah but it's it's also a very typical ending you know like you do all that work to end up in that spot at least yeah i got you that's at least dark song did something different that we haven't seen before we've never seen a giant mecha angel crammed into a little room yeah and i remember being mad like animated but like i had energy when we talked about that we were like what the fuck (laughs) this we're like oh it's just so much worse yeah Yeah. i just like petering "Mm." out like just that soft fizzle into nothing going oh Rather than what the fuck, there's obvious like mm-hmm. I would take what the fuck any day. Yeah, like that. This such it's, it's such a mo- bottoming out oh, feeling. I know movies like this are so hard for me when it's like I love the setup and I love everything that kind of established in the direction that they're going, and then hate what they do with it. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, well, how can I like I want to fault this movie because the ending kind of ruins the whole thing, but I still want to acknowledge well they were on the right track at the yeah. top with it. Yeah, and like even like imagine let's just say that um, our legislation doesn't pass and there <laughs> people move forward because as it turns out what's more popular among the voting population is we like uh, it was all a dream endings fine if there is if there's a world where people like that ending i think this movie is like deserves a seven or an eight like it's really good if if, if we you can appreciate that, that ending, ending right? right i think it's one of the best mm-hmm. you know yeah if you're going to have an it's all dream ending it's nice to have the cast that we've seen the whole movie be other roles in where he's dreaming yeah it's nice to have them say things that reference what we saw in his dream mm-hmm. those are like that's if you're going to do it then well yeah, yeah that's the way to do it like they didn't technically speaking they didn't drop the ball you know what i mean like i think mm. it is really a good movie overall that you go like eh, on the ending but not because it's technically bad you know what i mean like mm. this is very frustrating from the place that we're coming from oh, yeah and and i think the right phrase is it's not technically bad like the, yeah. the technology <laughs> used like it, some of the shots are very well done it yeah, looks yeah, great yeah, yeah it's good and everything but yeah two to two and a half stars for me wow guess we're giving stars now (laughs) out of 30 though so it's a really bad real bummer (laughs) yeah i don't know i totally don't know i would give this an exact half like right 2.5 yeah yeah yeah, i guess (laughs) out of 30 how how great is that actor though the acting kid like he is a phenomenal actor yep yeah alex what's his face like his episode of black mirror you should you should watch i'm going to to watch but it was stunningly good his performance and that's why my favorite scene was in the house for the first time with him because it was Mm. so weird and off-putting and his performance more than anything else i think in the movie fostered a sense of like something is so wrong so not okay and this kid is suffering so bad he's like i'm willing to talk about it i'm gonna i'm gonna push it on you again but the tv show on netflix end of the fucking world it's just a 10 episode one season series. Oh, I can do 10 eps. It's him and they got a female actress his age who is like the perfect complement to kind of the weird kind of character that he does. Hmm. But the whole show starts off with him as he's a total kind of loner, doesn't have any friends mm-hmm. and loves like killing animals, I think. And the whole thing is he's planning like to kill someone. He doesn't know how or when it's going to happen. Yeah. And then this girl approaches him and is like, let's run away together. And he's like, okay. And then he says, like, well, I guess I'll kill her, but I'll just, I'll wait my time. This seems interesting. And it's just right. stringing the two of them while they're on the road. That's like a Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. Yeah. But it's, it's just going to be a murder. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Totally. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But just to watch him, he's so watchable. It's like Total. an unbelievable talent. Yeah. Unbelievable talent is right. And mm-hmm. just seeing him in this movie alone is yeah, like, oh, wow. Yeah. I get the he's same a- vibes. I mentioned at the top, like Dane DeHaan, when you saw him in Chronicle, like you're just yeah. kind of blown away by a, a first performance and i feel the same way with this guy. exactly that's the perfect comparison that's who i was thinking of i couldn't get his name so i didn't say mm-hmm. it <laughs> yeah a huge career that's ahead of him for sure awesome yeah and he martin, was the best and martin freeman's just so watchable like yep. you're happy when he's on screen yeah i i just love martin freeman these days he's the best yeah. and always but um when we first see maybe everybody knew this but me we had a tough time figuring out when we saw that <laughs> yeah the old you were guy. pushing for it i was skeptical it's like it's martin freeman and I'm then like, i looked it up and it's he plays another character and you see him in the trailer he's like young and dapper i'm like oh i guess it's not because it's not him wait maybe it happened in an earlier time then they have cell phones i'm like wait fuck but we did both say like he looks it looks very makeupy, so it yeah. could be him could be and the voice yeah. i was just like it sounds like martin freeman mm-hmm. that's that's why mm-hmm. and then he pulls off his skin <laughs> later i was like wait what the fu- it was i'm just glad that was done tastefully like you know at the end of every saw movie with the you know the final reveal is happening because they have that one it's like don't 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 
dun, dun, yeah. and you have Jigsaw like, doing the whole voiceover. Uh-huh. That whole thing. Like they could have done that when he's taking his mask off, but it was done more subtly and Yeah. They they handled underhanded. it underhanded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In a nice way. Without turning it into one of those fucking stupid ass. Yeah. The brain trouble along. The brain sees what it wants to see. Yeah. It's so easy to put that together. Oh, that's obviously I know, we could all hear it in our head, because I think it's the same track that plays at the end of every single fucking saw movie and yeah. they do that final reveal mm-hmm. and you know oh i can go now it's like a pavlovian response to oh, yeah. the movie's over great oh god the last <laughs> just jigsaw was so fucking terrible can't wait to rewatch it again for our upcoming patreon exclusive uh, <laughs> no it's okay we'll be good and sauced for it nice dude <laughs> all right let me go to instagram comments i think that's a good wrap up on ghost stories uh-huh instagram comments on our demons post demons we've got a comment from frank underscore castle 312 who said i love this movie it was so bloody dot 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 gross the wifey out (laughs) haha that's awesome (laughs) we also also in demons we have uh bleeding skull 77 who simply says demons hell yes for some reason i read that in brad pitt's voice so i think bleeding skull 77 is brad pitt Okay. Demons, hell yeah. <laughs> From like Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. <laughs> Sauerkraut sandwiches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> love demons. Love demons too. <laughs> yeah. We love demons and demons too. Uh, demons is the best. Can't wait for demons three, four, and five. I had a little thought uh, like oh, yeah? in my head. No, it was, it was just sort of a sad lamenting thought that um, after we did demons, I was like, Demons is the perfect series because it keeps getting better. Uh-huh. And then listening back to the episode, I feel like you're more level headed. Mm. Like it was very good. I think the first one, like the story was a little better. And I just got sad. I was like, no, Demons is a perfect incline <laughs> of quality. It just gets you better. You wanted to ramp up. Yeah. And I felt that way when it was over. But then All you're right. like, I was like, well, it wasn't really. The storytelling was a little different. Not as good. I'm like, yeah, you're right fuck <laughs> oh, i remember right. lamenting ever so slightly and that's just a testament to how incredible demons mm-hmm. is yeah and then you think about it and i'm like oh we got fucking crazy teeth and claws and acid blood mm-hmm. and somebody's balls got ripped off like all right it was fucking awesome yeah they're both so so fun and i would rewatch totally. i would rewatch both of them i would sure. rewatch both demons yeah. and now demons three four and five are actually like kind of um de facto demons movies like they're movies about other things that also were released under remember when we when yeah, we yeah. learn and get into european theater horror history especially yeah. in the 70s and 80s italy likes to just slap different titles on things and yeah. sell it as if it was a later installment yeah like in italy um godzilla was called king kong 2 <laughs> perfect example <laughs> so demons 3 is the church which is um a movie directed by the guy in the first demons who's like the apprentice to argento michael suave suave however you pronounce his name okay, yeah yeah and then there's Demons 4 is The Sect, which is another one he directed, and Demons 5 is Cemetery Man. So it's like, are we, they're are keeping we, the legacy, same producers and everything, but they just didn't call it. And and I don't think they all directly involve like demons coming back in that same way. But. So like the, the cookie cutter formula from the first two doesn't get repeated. I don't think so. Identically. No. And we probably don't have the same like repeat character. Oh, the um, gym guy. Yeah. The crazy mustache man. Yeah. So unfortunately it's not, I think, as direct a sequel okay. as the second one. So is. demons one and two. That's a very special. I think so. Okay. I think that's the double feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for that little era of demons, we just did it. We just finished it. And it's concluded. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. It's just practical to, 80s, uh, practical effects and gore. It just scratches that itch it's, unlike anything else. And it's so fun yeah. and funny and just And that's, that's why I mentioned the later ones, because we'll do it to try to recapture some of yeah. that energy, because there's a reason it got slapped with that label on them. So totally. even if they're totally different movies, oh, there's yeah. got to be something there. Yeah, totally. And it, it would gross out my wifey too, I got to say, yeah. if I made her watch it. Yeah, it's not fair. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think Jody would enjoy one <laughs> second of demons. She's like, what? No, gross. What? Ooh, what's it's, happening? It's gooey, but it doesn't look real. <laughs> That's what's so great about the 80s. <laughs> Why is Billy Idol playing? <laughs> Thanks, Bleeding Skull and Frank Castle. Thanks, guys. And Brad Pitt. <laughs> Are we supposed to grasp that the baby was kind of the same creature that also hit the car? Like, that was just a little version of that thing? I don't know, man. Like, that that's two unexplained very unexplained things yeah why have like a creepy weird creature baby yeah in like the first little short it's like his wife like wait or or 
is there a justification in the first one? His wife's got locked in syndrome and he doesn't visit her anymore. But yeah. that's didn't that stuff all happen after? The event oh it's it's so hard to pay attention to, to it's strange yeah it was like it felt unnecessarily convoluted at certain points yeah it's, it's some of the details of the stories are like that's the problem with the fact that it was all a dream and he only got little hints of stuff totally it's because he's making like he's adding to like the stories of these characters and some of the things that seem added are like goat monster you know where did that come from <laughs> why why didn't we get a full like look at it yeah. what's the tree golem that grabbed him just like show one cut because we went back to his childhood for his bar mitzvah at the top remember all that yeah show one shot before the bar mitzvah where he's going out and taking care of the goats and one of them's like injured and he just walks away uh, great boom yeah or something to infiltrate yeah. it yeah totally or he he like falls down a well like mm. he's, his family's really rich he falls down this like crazy well in the backyard right. and it's a cave full of goats that all fly past him mm. and then he fights crime in the future <laughs> because <laughs> goat man love it goat man start writing dave <laughs> um, i mean complete the second draft <laughs> <laughs> one one movie that i think does some of these or tries some of these kind of same themes with way more success is the cell which no one really talks about did you the ever see that movie cell. from 1997 vince vaughn jennifer lopez it's incredible it's like insane dream logic shit no, I don't think Dude, seen this it. movie is awesome. It's like it was very much in the vein of those 90s uh, crime thrillers. Let's find who the killer is to save the ho- the woman that he's currently kidnapped. Like, do you remember mm-hmm. Kiss the Girls, Bone Collector, those kinds of Bone movies? Collector? I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a great Even movie. Seven. Like all seven. those, I was all those kind of movies where they're trying to get the killer. Mm-hmm. So this one is like that. But they have the killer. They got him and the killer is unconscious and in a coma. And they know that the killer has secret location somewhere where he's currently keeping women Mm. alive so in order to find out where those women are they use a technology where jennifer lopez can go in this weird red suit thing and put a thing over her face and put it over his and she can enter his subconscious so half the movie she's inside the brain of the killer inside his all weird fucked up subconscious desires and all the shit that he's seen and he he's she's navigating through that to try to find the killer and talk with him and try to understand like where the like try to get some clue as to where the girl could be so it's don't like, like totally spoil it but is it a dream in the end no whoa <laughs> <laughs> well like yes because you're in a dream <laughs> technically <but> yes <laughs> that, that's oh, a, it sounds awesome i love hell and it really freaked that's me out crazy from, no i definitely have not seen it i would remember that yeah just the visuals are unbelievable in that movie. like insane set design i can't believe it doesn't have like especially in the time where um horror has such a big boost and everyone's talking about old titles and mm. revisiting things that's one that i don't see at all talked about wow we scared cats we just watched a whole nother movie here on the text chris dave saw massacre that was fun uh my name's david stoneborough my name's chris vandenberg and as always chaos reigns chaos reigns chaos reigns chaos reigns bilbo blew his brains out chaos reigns it's very alliterative satisfying Oh, wait, no, he didn't. It was a dream. Nothing happened. Fuck. Nothing happened. Chaos reigns. See you next week. Bye.